and share with a friend. We are live right now on the E360 network that's broadcasting live on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram TV, and of course, Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Today is going to be an amazing show. What is up, everybody? This is Gratitude Unfiltered, and I am your host, Joshua T. Berglund. Thank you for being here. Anyway, what's up, everyone? So happy you're here. I'm playing around with different things for the introduction, so bear with me as I work out bugs. I'm going to experiment a lot today on today's show, trying a few new things. Um, As of right now, we are actually live on a church uh, online broadcast like system thing, which is really, really cool, but it's actually broadcasting last night's show, um, which will be the case until I figure out how to go live on there. That said, really, really excited about that. And uh, of course, I'll be sharing that stuff with you later. I want to give a shout out really quick to our sponsor, I Am Conchita Cosmetics, um, home of the Lash App and Curl. It allows people who like fake lashes to apply lashes in five seconds or less. We also have a really incredible eyeliner glue uh, that is absolutely terrific. Go to IamConchita.com to check out some of the amazing videos, but also you can use promo code WELCOME10 uh, to save some money. Anyway, so happy to have you guys here today. We are going to be playing around with a few different things. I, I'm con- I want to constantly improve the show and I, I want to get better. I want to try different things. I, I want it to, I've been working to find this perfect way to make gratitude unfiltered sync with all of the other platforms. Um, because we are everything from the podcast to Facebook, to the streaming TV, on the E360 network, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Periscope, Twitch, all over the place. And I I want it to all kind of make sense. And um, it's not all that easy, to be honest with you, because the way every platform is set up, it's you got to do something different for each one. And I'm trying to find that sweet spot. So I'm really, really grateful you're here. I'm grateful for that, that you allow for me to experiment and try different, different things. Um, and I'm really, really excited about being on this church platform. Um, I was listening to Craig Rochelle preach, uh, I guess it was last week, and he talked about this resource that he was, that, first of all, Life Church uh, gives away so much, like the resources, and this is what we're going to play with today. Um, we're going to actually do, I, I found some sermon notes from Andy Stanley, and we're going to get into that. Um, really, really excited about hope. And screens all jacked up. Um, but Life Church gives away so many resources. A lot of people out there know about the Bible app. Well, the Bible app was created in Oklahoma City and released by Life Church, but it's a resource available for the entire world. And they give it away. I think somebody offered them like a billion or two billion dollars to buy it, and they said no. And here they are now giving away a streaming platform. That is, it's, it's got to be custom built. Like when I started breaking it and seeing behind the scenes what was available, there's nothing like it. And one of the things that I've talked about wanting the E360 network to do, which I, I think they'll figure out, 
is being able to have a real-time chat, kind of like what you see with those mega churches, but also where if you need prayer, you can just tap a button. Or if you want to donate, you can tap a button. And this, this platform has that. So really, really proud to be on there. Um, and then also really, really proud, um, of course, to be on the E360 network. So every little nick and corner of the, of the world that we can get gratitude unfiltered, we're, we're doing that. So thank you. And thank you for your support. And thank you for everyone watching. I shared a post last night wanting to thank you guys. Um, like th those that jump on the show, watch for a couple minutes. Like I'm really grateful for you. I, I just, the way that the show is done is it's kind of long form. So it's not one of those things that you can just kind of watch five minutes of it and get the point. Cause I don't even know if I know what the point is after five minutes. <laughs> so like the people, every one of you that watch the majority or watch the whole thing or it, really thank you. And of course, thank you to anyone that watches at all. Um, of course, then thank you for all of your shares, likes, and subscribes. So tonight, um, I was looking at some different sermons and different outlines, and I thought, you know, what what is something right now that uh, would be would benefit people would benefit from hearing? And of course, there's a lot of different subjects. There's a lot of different people that watch, so everyone has different needs. But the one thing that I noticed on social media today is there are a lot of people that are starting to lose hope. Or they're just confused and they don't know what's going on because what seemed to be so intense is not as intense. But then, you know, you watch certain news programs and they make it sound like the apocalypse is here. There's other people that think that Jesus is coming back. I mean, it's just there's still a lot of confusion, but a lot of that has to do with too much information. There's misinformation. There's too much information. Everyone's got an opinion. There is no news anymore. There's no reporting of actual facts. It's just opinions everywhere. And if you actually want information, you've got to go dig for it. And frankly, that takes more time than a lot of people are willing to do. But at the same time, there's people I've noticed that there's people that are seeking hope in anything and everything but God. And <laughs> as we've talked about before, the further we get away from God, the more crazy things get. And hence why I believe why we're at where we're at right now. But also, it's kind of like going to Dairy Queen to try to get your car fixed. You know, or having a TV, you know, a TV repairman try to fix your car. Or whatever analogy you want to use, these outside sources that we're going to for hope are all the wrong sources because none of it's true. We can't count on anything but the ultimate source of hope, and that is God. And that's what we're going to get into today. So let's do this. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Psalm 33 through 22. Tonight I want to talk to you about one of the most difficult tensions you will manage in life. How to, how to remain hopeful in a hopelessly broken world. Every one of us will wrestle at some point with this dilemma. If you ever had something you placed your hope in come crashing down around you, you know, marriage, a career, wealth, health, engagement, academics, athletics. If you ever thought, why even try? What's the use? What's the point? Then you know this dilemma. And I, as I was talking about in the monologue, like, 
or that was a monologue. Maybe it was a monologue. I don't know. Five minutes doesn't really count as a monologue, but whatever. Anyway, so, but we are always looking at, we're putting our hopes, like this guy is going to be the one that saves me. This guy is my savior. How many of you women or men that watch the show have looked at a relationship as your hope? This is the one that's going to help me get back on my feet, or this is the one that's going to, to, to complete me. And I know that that is a romantic thing to say, like you complete me. And it is, it is uh, like from the, I forgot the name of that movie, but it is ultimately like, it's one of the sweetest, most amazing lines. But the truth is only God will ever complete you because it's only in God that you realize just how freaking amazing you are. It's in, in Christ that, why am I playing with my headphones? It's in Christ that you realize how amazing you are, how extraordinary you are, how special and unique and gifted you are. No single person, not me, not Tony Robbins, not T.D. Jakes, not Graham Cook, none of them, not Craig Groeschel, not Andy Stanley, who this came from. You put your putting your hope in pastors and motivational speakers, they're all human. They're all screwed up and flawed. Because in a way, we're all kind of screwed up, you know? But to put our hope in another man is just setting us up for disappointment and failure. First, here's a couple things on hope. Hope. A person or a thing in which my expectations are centered. The person or thing in which you have placed your confidence is related to your future. Hopelessness, though, is the feeling that comes with knowing that the person or thing in which I placed my hope will not and cannot come through. From the day we are born, we place our hope in something, and it's usually our parents, right? Like, where are you going to get food? You know, you come out, you've been born, and you get the nurse, they all get you wrapped up in bandage, but what's the first thing that you do? You go... You're looking for you're looking for some milk, right? Mommy, give me some milk. That's but you're you're putting hope that there's gonna be milk that comes out of that breast, right? But then after that you get older, it's like okay, change me, wipe my butt, bail me out of jail, you know, that kind of stuff. But <laughs> that was for you, mom. Uh sorry. I don't know why that's funny to me, but we we there were parents. Our parents are the first people, but then it's our teachers and it's pastors and and so on. At some point, that hope shifts when they prove to be unreliable, or we choose to place it elsewhere. Eventually, we're let down. Even our parents, as much as they try, they let us down. But you know what? You let people down too. So before you start going, yeah, mom. <laughs> You let me down. Yeah, Dad. Speaking of that, Saturday night, um, we're going to be live at uh, Word of God Church. It's just going to be me and a camera doing something completely different. But I want to let you guys know at 6.30 Central, which is an hour and a half from this start time, I want to let you know that we are going to be live there. And um, I, have a, I have an Easter message. I'm going to preach again. Um, and I'm going to... I'm going to talk about forgiveness um, in a way that I've never talked about before. And uh, God put this on my heart to do. And I would really be grateful if you put it in your calendars right now 
6.30, Gratitude Unfiltered. I don't want you to miss it because I think a lot of for the, a lot of you men, um, I think men, I think men hang on to unforgiveness more than women. I don't know why. I've seen a study, but it just feels like something men would do. So I think it's going to be um, powerful, and I I pray that you uh, join me. So anyway, hope is like a ladder we lean against a wall. We trust it to support our dreams, our security, and our future. This is something we never think about until it begins to dissipate. Like air, when it begins to evaporate, we gasp. We gasp for hope like we gasp for air. We feel hopelessness, helpless, powerless. The older we get, the more prone we are to lean against ladders. We lean our ladders against the more the older we get, the more prone we are to lean our ladders against people and things that promise financial and emotional security. Man, that one's tough. Um, and that one hits home because, you know, a lot of us right now, there's a lot of people that lost work. And by the way, isn't it weird to anyone else that everywhere you go, there's an SBA.gov advertisement? Every, you're getting massive emails on social media. It's like there's constant, like they're trying to like force that loan money down your throat. Is this happening to anyone else? I, I, it's like I'm almost, I, now I'm terrified that I applied for it because it's like they're like forcing me, please take all my money. When does the government do that? Because that money ain't free. Nothing's free. But, but again, how many of us put our hopes in jobs? I've shared before. You know, after being homeless and was just doing anything and everything I could to earn money, um, you know, like every odd job I could find and and then, you know, every different endorsement deal that I would get or I would get a retainer fee or I would sign a contract with a company and it was like, oh God, I'm finally going to get on my feet. And I swear, and then I wouldn't get paid. I mean, this went on for years, and this is even walking with Christ. It's like, what what am I doing wrong? Why does this keep falling through? And because I was putting my hope in a job. I was putting my hope in man that, hey, they were going to help me, and hey, they were going to come through. I mean, mind you, it's the thing that they're supposed to do. They're supposed to pay you. They're supposed to honor their contracts, but it doesn't mean that they would. You put your faith in contract. Well, man wrote that contract. I mean, there's several of you out there I know that have been screwed over in a business deal or something like that, or somebody didn't pay you on time when they were supposed to. It hurts. And you set that expectation that you're going to get paid, but you know what? Sometimes it doesn't happen. And now these jobs that we've put our hope in, or how many of you said this? Oh, no. How about this? No. I'll do it like that. How many of you said, you know, I love my job. I make, I make really, really good money. But if I could do anything in the world, it would be this. It would be blank. How many of you have said that? For me, I, was, I actually talked about this last night or yesterday afternoon with somebody. Every time I was on the golf course, or I was, you know, just kind of socializing with the people that I worked with in the industry I was in when I worked in, with medical equipment. It would be the golf course talking or just in casual conversations. Like, if you could do anything, what would you do? Every time. I want to be a talk show host. Well, why don't you do it? Well, I'm not going to go to broadcasting school. I, I, they don't make enough money. That's what I said. 
they don't make enough money, so I'm not going to go pursue the one thing I want to do in life. How many of you have said that? I mean, in all seriousness, like looking back at it now, I'm like, how ridiculous is this? Because if you look at it like, okay, if God, if you believe that God created you and gave you gifts, say yes. Did, do you believe, do you believe that God gave you a gift? Like not the gift of life, but like a spiritual gift, whether it's prophecy, you get visions or you're have an administrative skill that's unique. You're good at connecting things. You're a great com organizer, whatever your gift is. Like it's just something that you are just so naturally good at. You hit a baseball, whatever. Um, okay. So you, if you believe that you've said yes, then okay. If you believe that God created you for a unique purpose, say yes. Okay, so I want to talk to you guys. Just the people that said yes. Because if you said no, hang on. I'll get to you in a second, I think. But those of you who said yes. So if you believe that, and you believe in, like, you have a gift, you have a purpose. Okay, so... Why would you, why would you think that God would bless or enrich your life if you defied your gift and your purpose? Like you went against it. You just flat out said, no, I do not want to pursue this. How do you think your life would turn out? I'm not telling you that your life is going to be cursed or damned. However, I am saying, I am suggesting that you will not be in sync with God's design what he created you for. So in times like this, where a lot of jobs have been lost, millions and millions of jobs have been temporarily lost, uh, some will never come back, but at the same time, there's gonna be a lot of new jobs that are created through this. But that said, I believe a lot of those jobs are gonna come from people accepting their purpose, AKA their God-given assignment. The people that have been pursuing their purpose, like their God-given kingdom purpose, those people right now seem to be the only ones that are not freaking out. Now, why is that? Because they're not putting their faith in man. They're putting their faith in the kingdom. And when you have your faith, like legitimate faith in the kingdom, that's the equivalent of bleep you money. Kingdom money is bleep you money. Actually, hold on, I'm going to rephrase that. It's called bless you money. I'm going to, yeah, bless you money. That's what it is. It's, it's, it's kingdom is, is, it is elevating past all of the problems of the world. And mind you, we live on this world and our, this is our time to step up and contribute, but it's our time to contribute to doing our kingdom duties. And when you're doing your kingdom duties, all of a sudden you're not playing by these same earthly rules that most people have put their faith in. Does that make sense? Okay. Wait, what does this say? Um, the leading causes of, of suicide center on an overwhelming sense of hopelessness, relationally or financially. How many of you have ever, how many of you have ever been there? when all hope is lost and the next thing you want to do is commit suicide. I mean, there's a lot of reasons people commit suicide, shame, guilt, um, you know, 
to drugs, being under the influence. I mean, there's things like that can happen, but that hopelessness that comes, everyone hates me, no one's going to love me. If I'm honest, people are going to judge me. I'm going to be thrown out of my family. Or if, I, if I'm if i honest, it's going to hurt my kids because they're going to find out about their father. Throughout the pages of scripture, we are told to put our hope in God. The only way to maintain hope in a broken world is to place our hope in God. He is the manufacturer after all. We are hesitant in this nation to do that because we aren't convinced our world is that broken. Would you agree or disagree with that? I mean, now you can kind of look at things and go, well, that's pretty screwed up. So, I mean, I guess it's probably a little bit easier now to identify or to be able to see that we do live in a broken world. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people that still have not woken up to the evils of this world. Because we've fallen into this programming trap with the TVs that we put in front of our face. The news, social media. We believe that we can lead ourselves... We, we believe that we can lead ourselves through exercise, drugs, surgery, and education to a place where we are untouchable. This is what I don't... I. With all due respect to uh, people that um, you know call themselves source and things like that, I, that I I've always had an issue with that. But when I did uh, EQ training, leadership emotional intelligence, they they're really big on saying I am the creator, I'm this and I'm that, and that makes me really really nervous because I didn't create myself. Like you know, mommy and daddy got together and you know, blah, 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 but it's God's perfect design that allowed me to exist on this world. So I didn't create anything. Now, mind you, Jesus lives inside of me. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me and God is inside of me. And maybe through that, I have the ability to create, but it's because of God. So I didn't create anything. <laughs> and we lean our ladders there. We lean our, we, we're putting our ladders in exercise. Like we're, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be the fittest man on the planet. Or I'm going to, you know, just the different work. Or I'm going to make myself look perfect. I'm going to alter everything so I can look a certain way. Or I'm going to outsmart people. Or I'm going to outthink them. I'm going to outwork out or I'm going to outwork them. Putting our faith in all of that, honestly, exercise. Those of you who put your faith in, I'm all in on fitness. How's that working out for you right now? Those of you who put all of your faith in <laughs> partying. Well, we already know the answer to that. What about surgeries? Like in, in enhancing yourself, like how are you feeling right now that you can't get to the doctor to change anything about yourself? Education, like the people that have PhDs and double master's degrees and things like that. Like how well is that serving you right now? Just a question. I mean, like putting your faith in that is what I'm referring to. In Romans 8, we begin with the fall that when sin entered the world. We think of sin as an isolated we think of sin as an isolated act. God viewed sin as a fatal disease. Once introduced in the world, it infected and eventually killed everything. Everything with life dies. Notice that? Wow. 
For the creation was subjected to frustration. Frustrated with the inability to get what one wants, frustration or disappointment is intertwined into the fabric of the world. It's normal. Decay and sin is being allowed to run its course. God will not stop it. We spend a lot of energy trying to slow it down. In hope that the creation itself will be future liberated from its bondage to decay. It's a really bad idea to attach our hope to anything in this world. It's all decaying. Nothing is really as stable as it looks. Our jobs, the economy, that we've had, we had, the United States had the world's greatest economy here recently. And now what's happened? Is it the worst? I mean, I'm not saying it's not coming back, but is it not the worst right now? Those, the paychecks that, or the retaining fees that we were expecting next month, the TV appearances, whatever it may be, these expectations, what happened? It's gone at a moment's notice because we live in a rotting, decaying world. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, this is why you control freaks are always frustrated. The world just won't cooperate. Things break. People misbehave. Your children aren't interested in your plan for their lives. <laughs> your parents won't fund your bad ideas. It's hopeless. That's hilarious. Your children aren't interested in your plan for their lives. How many of you rebelled against your parents when they wanted you to do something? Like they were pressuring you to be a doctor or, you know, or play golf or something like that. Like picking up that sport and they pressured you. How'd that make you feel? Are you doing this to your own children now? I'm just curious. Uh, this frustration creates a longing in us for something better, for something different, something beyond this life. Salvation from the presence and the effects of sin. For in this hope we are saved. But if, if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. But God is at work now in this life, and when we find ourselves frustrated, God understands and hears our prayers, even when our prayers are just groans of frustration, mourning, and agony. What then shall we say in response to these things, all of these frustrating things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who, had not, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, well, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, what is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have been invited to lean our ladders against God's love for us. Love not demonstrated by the fact that he when love not demonstrated by the fact that we landed the job, got the scholarship, married into money, or earned a position on the team. Having faith in God is not about having faith for what God can do for us. The faith, faith is, to me, 
believing that God has an extraordinary purpose for our lives that allows us to be a blessing and a gift to other people, to be massive contributors to the world. Now, mind you, there's there are fruits that come from that. There's blessings that come from that. But the intention, you know, faith is, we've all been given the same amount of faith, but like, like faith, Faith is a muscle, right? So the harder that you work it, the more you push it, the bigger it's going to get. The more you release and surrender over to God, the more he's going to use. Your faith will grow. And the bigger your faith, the bigger the outcomes, the bigger the opportunities, the bigger the stage, so to speak, or literally or figuratively. And you know, another thing too, don't look at every problem that we face with. Those things that you have put your, 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 your hope in, like your jobs, your careers, those things, like when, when crap happens, where you lose a job or something, you know, falls flat, there's a massive disappointment, there's something traumatic that happens in your life. To be honest with you, we don't have to look at everything as some kind of attack from the enemy. It's not everything's not the devil. In fact, sometimes when we're faced with these problems or obstacles, it's really to test our faith. It's to see how big our faith is. And the thing is, is that when you get tested like that, it's the same thing whether it's a, this big of a problem or this big of a problem or this big of a problem. The fact is this, you still get to do the same thing for each level or each measure of, what's the word, uh, um, each each measure of a challenge that you have or the, the weight the, of, of the problem, it's all the same thing. It's the one thing. And what that is, surrender. Surrender over your own power, surrender over your own strength, surrender over your own will your own concern, lack of hope, surrender that at the feet of Jesus. Give it to God. Because if you give it to God, he's going to use it. Isn't it interesting that surrender, in a, and when you feel hopeless, I think this kind of ties into what we talked about yesterday, but in those moments where we don't see hope, you would think, well, surrendering would be the last thing to do, but in all actuality, it's the only thing to do. Is you surrender that fear, you surrender that worry, you surrender your former hope in job, career, could be a, a, a mentor you surrender that or you transfer that from them to God and he'll use it and in doing so not only will your faith grow bigger but your level of hope will also elevate we've been invited to lean on the ladders against God's love for us 
Love not demonstrated by the fact that we landed the job, got the scholarship, or married into money, or even earned a position on the team. Love demonstrated in history when his son died for your sin and secured you a spot in the family. Hmm. What does this say? Application. Okay. So, like I said, I'm experimenting with stuff. I'm trying to figure out how this is all laid out, so bear with me. All right. So, in the meantime, so this is an application. So, this is what you can, different things that you can do to apply um, everything that we just talked about. You live out kingdom values in a world of unhappy endings, like Jesus did, like Paul did, Mother Teresa did, and probably your grandma too. The kingdom values, and, and you know, we've done the kingdom series, we've talked a lot about kingdom principles here, but it's, it's really essentially centers around obedience. It's being obedient to what you're being led and called to do. Yes, there's some you know, the, the universal laws, kingdom laws, and things like that. And you can look at any past episode, or if you have questions about it, I can send you some information. But when you live kingdom life and you follow the kingdom guidelines, so to speak, you have nothing, like, you can't do anything but have hope. Because you're not putting your faith in anything of this world. Everything is about snag in heaven and bringing it down to earth and you get to play on a different playing field than anyone else sounds kind of supernatural and amazing right well it is you love even though it doesn't always make a difference how many of you are hated on how many of you are despised how many of you have changed and turn around your life and you've started living the right way but there's that person that you maybe hurt or maybe they hurt you that still won't have anything to do with you that still hates your guts it, it, it hurts or how about you just have somebody that hates you and you don't even know why or somebody that treats you like a dog maybe it's an ex-husband an ex-wife and they just talk to you like you're nothing but a dog and I'm not even talking about a cute dog. I'm talking about a dog that people kick. The one that people that leave by the side of the road. You would love anyway. Plus loving, loving them is the greatest spit in the face anyway. If you want to look at it that way. I mean, not that you probably should, but you know. You put others first, even though it doesn't. You serve, you do your best. Do we plan? Yes. Do we dream? Yes. Do we pursue progress? Yes. Do we build? Yes. Do we put all of our hopes in our plans, dreams, and ambitions? No. We hold it all with an open hand and say, this is temporary. Your love is eternal. Everything of this world is eternal. I'm sorry. Every Erase that. Cancel that. Everything of this world is temporary. It's fleeting. Remember, it's decaying. You buy a new car. Well, when you drive it off the lot, it starts decaying. This microphone. It's decaying. I didn't mean that. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings. Sorry about that. You're not decaying. You're still pretty. Yeah. You get the point. You buy flowers. What happens? They die. 
I mean, this is not Benjamin Button, where you know, where we don't things don't happen in reverse like that. But when we loosen our grips from around our plans, treasures, and ambitions, our plans, treasures, ambitions loosen their grips from around our hearts, and we move our ladders. Let me say that one more time. But when we loosen our grips for from around our plans. You remind this is what I have planned. This I felt I felt guilty. I, I was guilty of this. Here we are. It's April 9th. For those of you watching the replay, it's probably a different date. What is a different date? Maybe. But freaking Valentine's Day thought I was gonna be in San Diego living, right? I had these plans. I I, I announced it. I'm like, I'm gone, I'm leaving. Told my church, quit doing my uh, the other version of the show. Stop doing it all because I was convinced that this is what God had for me. It didn't happen. But that I could give you story after story after story after story the same way. But it's me trying to control. This is what I'm going to do. I'm doing it instead of waiting on God. And yes. Have dreams. Your dreams are God showing you what's possible. Your visions are God showing you what's possible. But it's not telling you the time frame of it either. We get to stay on our path and we get to walk in obedience. That is the fastest way to get there. I like that, though. Loosing our grips and our plans, our treasures, like the money, like... See, like when we love money, we hang on to it and we or we we love money in a way that we makes us just like we, we we're, we're being flashy. We're showing off. We're not being humble. We're throwing it in people's face like or or we're putting our money in all of my homes. Like, I mean, think about all those celebrities that are trapped in their homes right now. And do you actually there's people that have 10,000 square feet homes that are complaining about being locked inside. I'm sorry, but it's like for us, it's like going to the, like being lost in Mall of America, it, you know, just the the world's largest mall, I think. It's like ridiculous. Our ambitions. How many of you grew up wanting to be a pro football player or a pro baseball player or, you know, like women that you're like. You had your wedding dress and 2.5 kids and the your tall, dark, and tall, handsome husband. All, you had all that picked out. And it was going to happen by college. And here you go. You set that guideline. You're sitting there in high school. And you're like, okay, by 21, I'm going to be married to a doctor. And it's going to look like this. And we're going to have 2.5 kids. And we're going to live here. And we have a white picket fence. All that's great. But then what happens is, here you go. you got six months until your 21st birthday. And you're like, oh, crap. And then you just basically, you're stalking, you're like searching. And then you just go claim somebody because you set the deadline. Therefore, you have to make it happen then. And what happens? You marry the wrong person. What happens to, what is the consequence of marrying the wrong person? What's the consequence of having kids with the wrong person? I mean, I can tell you from one side... But my side is not the pretty side. Why don't you ask my ex, my 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 first wife about that, and how she feels? Of course, I'm. I mean, she. I'm sure she loves the twins, but I know she loves the twins. What am I saying? But I mean, you know, like I'm sure. 
like you know looks at me like I was a mistake right I mean I'm okay with her thinking that it doesn't really bother me anymore at this point but there are consequences for that those of you that didn't ever want to have children but you were irresponsible and next thing you know you've got four kids you didn't want there's people out there like that why am I talking about that oh ambition so basically like we put with we have these ambitions and these plans like what happens and and like we're gonna go play pro baseball and what happens we get in a car accident and lose our legs then what you wake up one morning you have ALS you get diagnosed with cancer like we have these plans and then life throws it throws a curveball at us and here's the thing sometimes when these accidents happens or these things happen and it disrupts our plans or our ambitions maybe that happened because God is setting you up to create something that revolutionizes that ambition I mean, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would have a talk show without going to broadcasting school. You know, like somebody invent invented a technology that allowed us to stream and to do things like that. That's great. But how many people have lost, have been become an amputee, and but their dream was being an Olympic skier? Well, maybe they didn't go to the Olympics, but they went to the Paralympics. One of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life was a kid named Bryce Mulder. He plays on the PGA. I don't know if he's still on the PGA Tour. But when I grew up with him playing golf, he had one arm. Like this, basically this is, those of you who are watching, you can't see if you're listening on the podcast. But the arm was this big of a difference. That dude could beat everyone I know at golf. Like, this is how he played. It was embarrassing how bad he, he, I remember... We were playing, so we're at Shangri-La, I think it was 13 years old, and Shangri-La, which is in uh, Miami Lake up in northeastern Oklahoma, not Miami, Florida. Beautiful area, Grand Lake, stunning. Anyway, so he forgot his putter. And those of you that know about golf, you know, what happens if you forget your putter at a tournament? Well, guess what? You got to play the tournament without your putter. <laughs> Even if someone brings it to you, you can't use it. That's the the rules then. This dude <clears throat> used his driver to putt. Beat everybody with a driver. Putting with a driver. I was so mad. I was so cocky though when I saw it. I was like, I'm finally going to beat Bryce. Finally going to beat him. Nope. He kicked my butt and everybody else there. Putting with a driver. The point is this. Things happen. We can have all of these plans. But when we get an obstacle thrown in our way or we get, a, we get a, a wrench thrown in our plans, sometimes that's God testing our faith. How much hope do you really have? How much hope do you really have in your, in your dreams, in the vision that God's given you, the vision that you're pursuing? Just because the, like life threw you a curveball, are you going to bail out and quit on it? Because sometimes pressing into that and facing that challenge and heading, find, looking for the opportunity, looking for the blessing, you know what, maybe God give me wisdom on this. You know, like I know I just had an arm amputated, but, but like how am, I, how am I supposed to, you know, continue to pursue a, a, a tennis scholarship? 
Again, I'm just pulling stuff out of my rear end here. But you know what? Maybe that accident, because you now have a problem, and I believe that we are all naturally solution finders, discoverers, especially when our back's against the wall. And if you say that you're not, well, let's reframe that and start saying that you are and asking God to give you the wisdom to show you how you can use this tragedy, this, this mess up, this, this epidemic, whatever it may be that you're dealing with right now, ask God to give you the wisdom to show you how you can use it to fall in line with your purpose, how your purpose, like God, will you show me how my purpose and this, this crap fit together so I can use it to be a blessing to other people? I think that's a pretty good prayer. And, 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 and here's what happens. Then all of a sudden, you rely on God to that. You don't go to your sister, your cousin, your boyfriend, your doctor. You go, no. You go to God. <clears throat> because God will give you the truth. God will open your eyes to what you need to see. <clears throat> God is the world's greatest optometrist. And, and you'll get that wisdom. You'll get that download. You'll get that vision. And it's like, huh. Oh my gosh. And what happens? You relied on God. You didn't rely on man. You didn't rely on anyone but your creator, your manufacturer. And you got real information. And God showed you. And so when you've said, I'm not putting my hope in man. I'm going to put my hope in God. What happens then? Your faith gets bigger, bolder, and stronger. Why? Because you surrendered to the fact that you don't have the answers, and neither does other man. You surrendered and gave it to God. God used it. Your faith grew. And so you start to figure out and learn that the bigger the obstacle, the bigger the, the, the tragedy, the bigger the, the virus outbreak, the bigger your hope and faith gets to be. So now we are discovering where our hope is leaning. Either we move move it or we lose either we move it or we lose hope. What or whom are you hoping in determines your ability to maintain hope in a broken world. You've been invited to lean your hope against God's un you've been invited to lean your hope against God's unending love for you. May your unfailing love be with us. Lord, even as you put our hope, I can't read today. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Psalms 32, 22. Now, um, in, look, today was a little funky, forgive me, um, but I hope that you were able to pull the message out and I was hoping, I hope that it made sense. Um, quit looking for other things to put your hope in. Everything else but God, your creator, is going to let you down. And
I get I used to get annoyed when I would hear pastors talk about hope or you know talk about well putting your faith in God and I used to get so annoyed because it didn't make sense or I'd listen to the preacher talk and I would go on you don't even know anything about what I'm going through you don't know what I've been through you don't know what I've you know what I've been faced with and you know what for the most part lot of preachers I could say that too but it was one of the greatest gifts from God that I've ever had in my life is when I got back to Oklahoma City and the random hot tub <laughs> bubble bursting experience that led me to Word of God Church and that church is where I met my mentor, my pastor, who had a very similar background as I I did. Not always, not all the same, but it was like when I heard his story, I'm like, this dude gets it. I'll listen to him. The reason I'm bringing this up is because so many of you out there, like, like we're we're waiting for other people to be the ones to step up and inspire. We're waiting for other people to be the ones to share their story so that they they take the bullets. But just like I said just now, like I there wasn't a preacher that I listened to that I've ever felt understood me. And you know what? Based on my track record of wanting to show up and help and serve and volunteer and try to give my services to give my services to and just get constantly blown off or ignored or if I'd share my testimony the pastors would flee from me like I had the plague first of all as annoying as that is I have zero regrets you know why even though I'm not a pastor I am somebody that loves the Lord and, 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 and not only do I know that, you know, like I'm in, in sharing my story, it's, it's to hopefully inspire you that you can too, to show you that you can share this. And like, I, I don't, no one's affected my life in a negative way in Jesus name. Like, like not like me sharing that is to show that you can love the Lord God will rescue you and save you from everything. He truly is hope when there is no hope in anything. And believe me, I was one of those people that had zero hope. Zero. Every time I use drugs, I use drugs with the intention to die. Because I didn't want to be here. Because I didn't have hope. When I say that there's hope in Jesus, I'm not, that is not some fluff statement trying to sugarcoat you and slap you on the butt and say everything's going to be okay. No, it's real. It's very real. The moment that you invite Jesus to take over your life, you have instant hope and a promise and a future. You get to tap into all of God's promises. That is hope. 
And, and and my comment about other not being able to relate to other pastors, it wasn't it wasn't that that's not judgment against them. It's just like look, God had a they didn't have to go through all the same stuff, and that's okay. And that's why there's different ministries for different people. I had another point, but I lost it. It doesn't matter. Like your stories matter. And right now, we all kind of get to be a preacher. Right now, we all get to be a hope dealer. Right now, we all get to be a little bit of an evangelist. Because there's people right now that are waking up to the fact that, oh my gosh, I have basically abandoned God. There are people, there are souls, and, and, and if it's not now, even though it's brewing, there are souls now, and over the next week, two weeks, three weeks, month, there's going to be people that are woken awoken and are you're going to realize everything they've ever believed is a lie and they're going to need somewhere to go the church is not a building you are the church i am the church and right now people need your testimony people need your truth people need that so they can understand that they're not alone and they're not alone your story can be the very thing that instills hope in someone else a hope that only comes from the love and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ Thank you for being here. Thank you for everyone who shared. Um, you guys, please like, like, share, subscribe if possible. And of course, I you know should have said this earlier, but you guys all network. If you have a business or a nonprofit you want to promote, please put it in the chat. Of course, follow me on social media at Gratitude Unfiltered on Facebook and Instagram. Um, what is this? Okay, I'm gonna show one more thing. Also, again, thank you so much. I am Conchita. Dot com. Thank you uh, for supporting the show. Use promo code WELCOME10 to get the Lash App and Curl at 10% off. Also get the eyeliner glue or any of our seven different lashes. All right, guys. Oops. Uh, thank you again. You guys have a blessed day. I'll see you tomorrow.